Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast covering your favorite football team every single day. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, along with my partner in crime. John, some sports guy Hicklin, and we are back with another episode of Locked On Texans, your favorite Texans talking news update, where you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans and subscribe to the podcast on all of the major podcasting platforms. Along with that will be Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. And this football season will be a little bit different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through the game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans, like you and I, like the entire world, especially after Thursday night football game, we're the real generational town of that Pepsi fuels, right? We don't go out there on the field. We may not catch passes, but we are the passionate fans. And because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch the game. Pepsi, made for football watching. On the agenda today for Texans discussion, obviously, as we hinted at yesterday, we will be hearing from Andre Johnson, who Cody had the opportunity, a great opportunity to sit down with and discuss all things Texans and Andre Johnson uh, while interviewing him for the Crown Royal event. And that's going to be very interesting to see uh, and really get a more of an in-depth look and hear from Andre Johnson, who we rarely even hear from. Andre Johnson is one of those franchise greats that is unlike any other franchise great. Like we hear from T.O., we hear from uh, Chad Johnson, we hear from a lot of greats in their franchises, whether it's good or bad. But Andre Johnson is normally the silent assassin the same player he is on the field, he was on the field at the same player he is um, in real life. And, and that's been Andre Johnson since we've known about him uh, from his Miami days. So we're going to hear from him today. But, you know, as we alluded to earlier in the week, there is a discussion that I thought needed to be made. And, and that discussion was going to be made before we received the breaking news uh, about Zach Fulton. When, when Houston signed him a few years ago, they were banking on bringing in a player that in 2017 had his best season. But once he arrived here, they moved him to right guard. And I know some of you guys may be out there thinking to yourself, there really isn't a difference between right or left guard. You're playing guard, you're playing guard. But, you know, I had to look at his play in Kansas City and also his play here in Houston. Seeing that he's out of position and, and seeing that it hasn't been – what Houston originally signed him for. Why has Zach Fulton been so bad for Houston in the last two years, but specifically this year? Now from 2016 uh, and 2017 with Kansas City, he had 70 snaps at right guard, which is where he plays right now. But in that time span, he had a combined 1,575 snaps at left guard and tackle. Only four sacks allowed during that time. In 2016, the Kansas City Chiefs threw 490 times compared to 310. In 2017, 492 compared to 298. In those two years, his PFF grade 
was 79.7 in 16 and 80.8 in 17, which is also his best year. That was the year he did not allow a sack, only allowed one hit and 15 hurries. And that's the year Houston knew that, in their mind, that was a player that they needed to go with moving forward. At the time in 2017, we were still trying to get over the Brock Osweiler. That offseason, we drafted Deshaun Watson. And so they knew they had to get some protection because the offensive line was horrendous, to say the least. In the 2017 year, where uh, Zach Fulton was in his second year of a combined 1,575 snaps at left guard and tackle, they knew they had to go snatch him up, right? But his success has been significantly less than the 2017 season made him, which is a very high commodity. Mention all of that. Is it because those were fluke years? Is it because of the Andy Reid style offense that KC had, which allowed him to thrive? Now you gotta look at it in 16 and 17, but Alex Smith, we were able to see uh, Patrick Mahomes a year later, but those two years and Andy Reid's offense was still a very great time for offensive linemen because they were able to get the ball out quicker, especially in 2017. They were able to not have to worry about your quarterback being like a Deshaun Watson or maybe like a Lamar Jackson, where if they have the ball and it's a passing attempt, if they're not going to take off a run, they may create a sack more than they would eliminate a sack because of how long they can hold the ball. We've been, we've both been critical of Deshaun Watson holding the ball too long with this show, but I do want to look at the fact that he is playing out of position. In his best two years in the NFL, he spent over 1,500 snaps at the left guard and center position. Coming here in Houston, they immediately moved him over to right guard, and he has struggled. So ultimately, the question is, was Casey's offense and playing with Alex Smith and that style of quarterback better for Fulton, or is he just playing out bad, even though he's out of position here in Houston? And, and Zach Fulton has never been a good run blocker. That's never been his his uh, his forte. Uh, he's always been a better pass blocker than he's been a run blocker. But even this year, they have both been subpar to say the least. And run blocking was even worse, Cody. Well, John, I agree with you. I never thought about it that way of him being out of position. Maybe Romeo Cannell and his coaching staff need to explore the possibility of putting him back at his original position at left guard. However, you mentioned the run blocking. John, look, I get it. The O-line has not looked good in run blocking this year. And in fact, a few weeks ago, prior to the bye week, David Johnson even mentioned his frustration with the O-line blocking. But I don't want to take it that far because I do not consider the O-line the problem nor do I consider Zach Fulton a problem in the Texans' lack of production coming out of the backfield. I consider this a talent problem because when you think about it, this is pretty much the same offensive line as last year. And Carlos Hyde had no problem running behind that offensive line. As a matter of fact, I could sit here and debate that this year's offensive line is a little bit better than what Carlos Hyde had, just simply due to the fact that Titus Howell has played a full season so far and Hyde rushed for over 1,000 yards for the first time in his career. So breaking down this offensive line, breaking down Zach Fulton, I do not want to put 
that much of the blame on him as an O-line in particular. I truly believe if you take any running back not named David Johnson, I'm pretty sure Zach Fulton and his O-line in general is going to look a little bit better in their run blocking. And I'm going to just keep it at David Johnson right now because he's the starting running back and he was brought in to be the so-called upgrade at that position. So once again, I don't want to put too much emphasis on him as a run blocker or this offensive line as a whole because their issues in, in the run game this year is a little bit more deeper than the big guys up front. And I totally agree with that. So, and, and I'm not trying to make excuses for him. I am saying that when I look at his better years in KC, he was playing at right guard and center. When I look at his worst years in the league right now, which is in Houston, he is playing. Uh, I'm sorry, when his, his better years was at left guard and center. His worst years here in Houston has been at right guard. And so I think that's something to note. But enough of that. I mean, hey, it is with, with, with Zach Fulton in this offensive line discussion, it is what it is. It has been what it has been. But for next, coming up, we're going to hear from Andre Johnson, AJ80, baby, the greatest receiver in Texans franchise history. So don't go anywhere. We have Andre Johnson coming up next. When it comes to getting or staying in shape, working out, nothing feels as good as that feeling of accomplishment of hitting your fitness goals, or feeling great about yourself. Echelon can get you there. Echelon offers the next generation of connected fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, rowing machines, and their all-new Echelon Stride Smart Treadmill. No matter what your favorite activity is, Echelon gives you a fun, challenging workout for the comfort of your home, so you don't have to really worry about jeopardizing your health. Unlike their competitors, Echelon is affordable for everyone. And one membership lets up to five family members all work out at the same time. Right now, you can try Echelon Fitness Equipment at home for 30 days. Go to echelonfit.com NFL. That's echelon, E-C-H-E-L-O-N, fit.com NFL. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Locked On Texans, only on the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, as promised on Monday, I have with me today one of the greatest Texans in team history here with me. And for you young guys out there, let me remind you of how great this guy was when he was representing for the city of Houston. He came to the Texans in 2003 and became a seven-time Pro Bowler and a three-time All-Pro member. He led this league in receiving yards twice and also became the first player to be inducted into the Texans Ring of Honor in 2017. And if you don't know by now, I'm talking about the one and only Mr. Andre Johnson. Mr. Johnson, welcome to Locked On Texans. And how are things going with your Crown Royal game day event today? Everything's going great. Hmm. I'm a Crown Royal this season. Um, this is my first year working with Crown Royal. Oh, well, we're just encouraging people, you know, now with uh, the, the whole thing with the, uh, you know, liquor sales and things going up. Um, you know, it's a water break campaign. So we're just encouraging people, you know, while, you know, if you're at home watching a game or, you know, out watching a game at your local bar or whatever, you know, just encouraging people to, uh, you know, while out drinking, just uh, taking the water breaks in between, just being responsible. 
Sounds good. Well, Andre, first and foremost, before we get into everything, I just want to say, man, it is an honor to be speaking with you here today on Locked On Texans. And I say that because you are one of the best receivers of your generation. And I just have to share that with you first. But I know you don't have a lot of time right now. So let's get things started. As you are aware, the Houston Texans have gone through a lot of changes this year. And of course, their most significant change took place with their receiving core this offseason. As a former receiver yourself, what are some of your thoughts on Houston's receiving core this year, especially now after the news that Will Fuller has been suspended after violating the NFL's drug policy? I think the past few weeks, you started to see them kind of gel together. Um, I think, you know, with this whole pandemic um, situation with no offseason, um, for them to be able to work together, I think, um, when you watch them play at the beginning of the season, they weren't on the same page. Um, they looked like there was some confusion out there. Um, but the past few weeks, you started to see things. It seemed like there was more, you know, there was some confidence there. Um, guys were, you could tell guys were playing with more confidence. Guys were on the same page. So uh, you hate to see the loss with Will, um, but you just have to have someone else step up and um, just pick up the slack and keep it going. With Will Fuller now out for the season, what advice would you give a guy like Kiki QT and Isaiah Coulter to take advantage of this unique opportunity that they have to finish up the season on a high note? They are going to have opportunities, um, of course, now because Will's not playing. Um, you just have to take advantage of your opportunity, and that's just what it is. So um, when balls come your way, you know, you have to make, the, make those plays. And, you know, if, if you can do that, then, you know, more opportunities are going to continue to come your way. So I think the guys will be fine. Um, you know, like I said, you, you hate to lose Will or whatnot, but, you know, you have other guys that's there that can make plays for you. So we'll see what happens. Speaking of the rest of the season, Andre, in your opinion, how do you see the Texans ending this season following the news of Will Fuller and Bradley Roby? Because it seems as if this news came at the worst time because the Texans were starting to turn their season around after that 0-4 start. They were playing their best football on both sides of the ball all season. And you also got to take into consideration that this is a team that was starting to look like they was going to make a late push towards the playoffs, especially since the NFL is flirting with the idea of expanding their playoff format. Um, I still, I don't know. I, I still think they're going to make a strong push. Um, I, I, like I said, I, I mean, yeah, you hate to lose Roby and, and Will, but I, I, I still think they can make a strong push. Um, you know that they're 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 playing very confident now. You can just tell they have a little swagger about themselves. It, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Um, we'll see what happen on, happens on Sunday. To be honest with you, Andre, I don't see it happening. You know, at first I did prior to these suspensions, but the loss of Will Fuller and Bradley Roby, you, you're talking about two of the most important guys at their respective positions, I think is going to be too much for the Texans to overcome. However, they still have Deshaun Watson on the field every single Sunday, and it's going to take more than a heroic effort for Watson to wield this team into the playoffs. But 
Speaking of Deshaun Watson, his play appears to be the only bright spot so far during this unfortunate season. From what you have seen, someone who has actually been around Deshaun Watson, how much has his play improved this season when you think back to his first three years in the league? I think he's become more of a communicator. Um, you know, I, I think that was the, you know, one of the things I wouldn't say he struggled with. I just think when you come in a, you know, the NFL, you know, you're around a bunch of grown men. And with you being a quarterback and you being, you know, you may not feel confident in telling a guy, you know, how to do this or how to do that, you know. Um, but, you know, and, and I and I get that and understand that because, you know, when I came in as a rookie, I had to be thrown right into the fire as a, you know, as a rookie. So it's a... Uh, it could be a little challenging sometimes, but when you go out and you earn the respect of your teammates, um, it makes it a lot easier. Um, and and everybody respects Deshaun. Deshaun comes in every day, works his butt off, and does what he's supposed to do. So um, his play, though, has been it's been great, man. Like I say, you could tell he's very confident in what he's doing out on the field. I mean, you can see it in his play. So. Andre, you mentioned when you was a rookie how you was thrown into the fire, but we actually watched you become the leader of this team during your time here in Houston. With that being said, who was the one veteran player who helped you as a rookie develop into the leader we saw during your time here with the Texans? Well, I think for me, um, Aaron Glenn um, was a, you know, he was the leader of the team when I first got came in as a rookie. You know, everybody uh, kind of looked to Aaron Glenn for, you know, everything. You know, Aaron Glenn, I think, might have been the oldest guy on the team at the time. Um, he was still playing at a high level. Um, and that, that, that was the person everyone kind of went to. And I think because me and Aaron kind of, uh, you know, we practiced against each other a lot. Um, it was just only natural, like, you know, we would speak and, you know, if it was something, you know, I needed, I can, I didn't have a problem with going to ask him. And, uh, you know, Aaron was the first person to, you know, connect, connect me with massage therapists and things like that in the city because I had, you know, I didn't know anybody here like that. So um, when you have a guy like that who shows you the ropes and then, me, you know, being a rookie, you like this guy's played 12 years. So let me watch what he does to see how he made it, you know, to play 12 years, you know. So it was little things I used to just, I didn't even have to ask. I just would sit and just watch, like, you know, things he would do. He would come in and, and you know, get in the hot tub in the morning, stretch out and different things like that. So just the way he took care of his body and different things. So, uh, you don't always have to, you know, ask questions. Sometimes you can just sit and watch and see things and just learn them. Andre, I know you have a lot to choose from, but if you can, please share with me and the listeners your favorite memory during your time here with the Houston Texans. I always say my favorite memory would probably be um, winning our first playoff game against the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, I just felt like that was like just kind of getting a monkey off the back. Like we had waited on for so long and um, 
I don't think there has been energy in that stadium like that since, you know, that game. That was like that that stadium was really like rocking that night. And um that's something I, I never forget. Even after the game was over, it was just like people didn't even want to leave. Like everybody was just, you know, so excited. Just the experience the experience of it. It was uh it was a lot of fun. Well, thank you so much, Andre, for taking time out of your busy day today to speak with me and the listeners here on Locked On Texans. I truly, genuinely want to say thank you so much for this opportunity. It's been a blessing, man. And I know you got a busy schedule ahead of you today, so please take care and hopefully I can speak to you again soon. I appreciate it. I told you guys about Bill Bar, how great Bill Bar is, but also left out some very important details that you need to know. They have 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. Six new flavors, which includes my favorite, the caramel brownie, along with the cookies and cream. My grandmother loves that one. They still have the 12 original flavors, the raspberry, the German chocolate, along with the peanut butter. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. And this is for the healthy, conscious guy like myself who wants to lose weight but doesn't want to give up a lot of the sweets, right? You can lose and maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber, and great for a keto diet. And here's another thing Bill Bar is doing for their customers right now. You get a free cooler with the purchase while supplies last, which is only for a few weeks or so. So, so go ahead and hop on that right now. Go to BillBar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Again, use promo code Locked On to get $10 off your next order. My last question to Andre Johnson was, what was his favorite memory as a Houston Texan? And he said, winning that first playoff game. And, John, I got to ask you, my brother. What is your favorite Andre Johnson moment? Uh, for me, knowing his struggle in Houston without a quarterback for years um, and having to go through the dark years of Houston. Remember, Houston drafted him when they were still a baby franchise. What was it, two years in? 2003. And so, 2003. And so to see him finally get to, to the playoffs, that was one of my favorite moments because – he is not your prototypical receiver. Uh, and I've always loved him and Anquan Bolden and Larry Fitzgerald. Those three receivers all remind me of one another because they don't need a lot of camera time. They don't need a lot of, you know, exposure. They're just going to go out and really hurt your number one cornerback. I mean, some of the things I saw Andre Johnson do with no quarterback is remarkable. Uh, one of the first – no, the first since Jerry Rice, or I think the first at, at the time it happened to have three 1,500 uh, receiving yards. And he did that in the Houston Texan jersey. And so that's that's really one of my favorite moments, just to see him actually make it to the playoffs. Number two, I, and I think this is everybody's either top three. <laughs> Call right, Finnegan, no. man. I mean, come <laughs> on. I, you know, to remove myself as a, a broadcaster, that happened when I, I believe I was still in high school. Yeah, we were. We were. We were still in high school, right? Mm -hmm. And to see Courtney Finnegan, Finnegan do all of that the entire game and then Andre Johnson remind that man and everybody, I am from Miami. I don't play this. I went to the U for a reason and gave him a whooping. And then later on, what do you do? He went to the Rockets game. Set courtside. Like, hey, I, 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 whatever the NFL is going to do to me, I'm fine. 
I, I got the money for it. I'm gonna go watch my boys play some ball. And, and and overall, seeing that duel that he put up against um, Justin Blackman, and they played each other, Jaguars in, in in Houston, and I believe that was in London. Watching that back and forth, and then Andre Johnson just hit him with a, a walk off touchdown. That was a perfect stamp of who Andre Johnson was as a player. Like I mentioned earlier, I don't need a lot of lights. I don't need a lot of exposure. I don't need a lot of camera time. But when it's my time, you know who I am on this field. And I think that's the difference between Andre Johnson and DeAndre Hopkins. And I'm not saying that he's a diva at all. I think Houston drafted two of the same style of receiver. Quiet, we'll we'll talk on the field, but it's not necessarily needed in the lights. And the only reason why we hear from DeAndre Hopkins as of late is because he throws shots and slugs on Twitter any chance he can get for that trade and him defending himself, believing that he's the number one receiver in the league. And I'm okay with that. But normally he's quiet. He just goes out and play ball. Uh, But what we look at what DeAndre Hopkins was able to do, he did that with Deshaun Watson, right? And and his bad year when he did not get a thousand yards was with Brock Osweiler. We look at what DeAndre, what Andre Johnson was, was able to do with Matt Schaub, Sage Rosenfeld, David Carr, right? It's, it was pretty bad. And that's why, no matter what, Andre Johnson is undoubtedly, in my mind, the best Texan receiver and the second best player to ever walk through 16 and Kirby. I want to add this. Whenever you went to a Texans home game, Andre Johnson put on a show for you throughout his career. Hmm. 902 targets, 572 receptions, almost 8,000 yards with 39 touchdowns at home with a 63.4 catch rate. That man put on a show every time you went to go to the NRG. That team off 16 and Kirby, he knew you was coming to see him on Sundays, Mondays, or Thursdays. He put on a show. He was always a showstopper, but he never was arrogant about it. And, and that's that's what I loved about players like Andre Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald, Anquan Bowden. Um, they were just solid killers on the field. Signing off, it's John, some sports guy Hickman. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans and like us on Facebook as well. And follow me on Twitter as well at some sports guy. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.